Yep. And now, is that due to things are not made for a left-hander and accidents would occur more often? Yeah, the accidental death rate of left-handers, I know, is higher. I wonder if right life handers. insurance companies ask that question, are you left-handed or not? No, I've never don't. seen that. I don't think so. How about that? So, I just pray for you guys every day. Thank I you. know, it's pretty weird. I'd heard that before, that they think that handedness may be, uh, left-handedness may be the result of birth trauma. I'd heard that. Um, which makes sense. Hey, I was uh, born out on the Serengeti. Hey, Gordon. Yeah. We need to talk business a little bit. Okay. I hear you're a professional writer now. Yes, no. Everyone's making way too big a deal out of this. But well, no one's going to get this much attention. I would have well, either tried harder or denied the gig. I want to know why your agent went to Quick instead of us first. There is no agent. It's whoever <laughs> asked me. They just, uh, the editor called me up and said, hey, would you like to do this? So if the avid golfer magazine wants to outbid quick yeah. for your talents, who should we call? A latte. Me? Get a latte. <laughs> Seeing as now I have no agent. No, I can, I made sure with quick. I said, you know, because uh, I'm writing for you, doesn't mean I can't write for anyone else. And they said, oh, no, and you can write for whoever you want. So, All right. So you got an article a week. Yeah. And it's got to be what, about 500 words? No, it's only like... 200 to 300 words. Really? What what, that is quick. What, yep. do you, what do you write in 300 words? Two paragraphs. An introductory paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a summation? Yeah, I'm just going to start serializing my column. Oh, man. It'll take me about uh, two months to get a column out. You know what? It is published, though. And so he put that on your resume. And yeah, and it's published everywhere, like apparently, because people came out of the woodwork this week. People I hadn't heard from in forever say... Hey, I thought you were dead, and then I saw that you wrote something in Quick. Where do you uh, where do you find that magazine anyway? It's is it inside the Dallas Morning News or is it separate? No, no, rack? It's separate. It's anytime anytime you see like a Dallas Observer stand, you know, anytime you got a stand in newspapers, it's usually there. You know, it's really for people who not our generation. Have ADD? No, our generation still reads the newspaper, but the generation behind us, you know, because they've got CNN, they've got internet internet they've got whatever they don't read the newspapers much this is a, it's really a, a newspaper for people who don't read the newspaper you know he talked to some guys when i was at the nelson he talked to some of the people in the media and they're all lamenting the fact how much the internet is killing them yeah because outside of like new york times just started charging for premium content dallas morning news has been doing it in their sports for the cowboy section right but for everything else you never have to buy a newspaper well, why are they lamenting that? Because, because the lower revenues. Look at how many layoffs they've had at Below. Yeah, had, but that's just the the world is changing. I'm, you know, I, and, I know and that. Those same people that lament the uh, death of the you know the physical newspaper are the same ones that go themselves go online, and I guarantee you they're reading the New York Times online and they're reading this online and doing that. I mean, they're you know they're just as much a part of it, and they know that it's a much better way to consume news. Well, I'm not denying it. I, I like it, too, just because it's easy, it's fast, it's mm-hmm. quick. And, <laughs> and uh, I don't know, not that I'm a Mr. Evergreen, but uh, I don't mind saving a couple trees in the process, yeah, I guess. Yeah, you save trees. And, I mean, there, there will always, well, I don't know, I shouldn't say that. I mean, I still like having a physical newspaper for some Boy, I applications. Do I just have, my eyes hurt me when I start reading long things on, on, the, on a computer screen. Yeah, if there is like a long article that I want to read on 
the computer, I print it out. Yeah, and it's hard to take the computer into the library, if you know what I mean. You know? You what do you to, mean? Well, you have to print everything, and otherwise it's hard to sit on your lap and... You know, I don't understand. Libraries seem to have study carols. <laughs> Some do. Some are a little more comfortable than others. I don't know what you mean by library. Well, we'd explain it more, but we weren't at the Monday meeting. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know where I'm treading on this one. So I'll just pass on that. So what? Uh, what do we got on a little rant today? Oh, um, colonial talk. Yeah, colonial okay. talk. Uh, we're going to. I haven't heard a ticker yet. I want, can't wait to find out if the Mavs won. Um, oh. You have a full compliment today. <laughs> you have I a don't full know. No one else is here. Maybe oh. it's just me. Maybe I can do the show the way it's supposed to be done. <laughs> Which is. <laughs> I do like doing the show by myself every once in a while. Do you? One yeah. of these days, I will start like Corby's probably on his way well, to the show. Hey, real turn show. around. <laughs> you know, that's, there's an easy way to guarantee that. You just show up on the last uh, Saturday of the month. That's right. You could do that. Then it'll be me, Ben, and Skin. Um, oh, mm. Mm, not quite. No, I mean, I think that. But but you know, I think that if I did a show by myself, I would have a tendency to get too serious at times. Mm. And well, you know, a lot of people don't don't like anything serious in their life. They want, you know, give us the jokes. We want jokes. Do you have that today? Funny, good jokes. I haven't written any. Oh. I kind of just say them when they come to my mind, but I'm not good at prepping beforehand. That's not my strong suit. So have you seen the new Star Wars yet? No, have not. Yeah, can't say I'm... I do want to see it. Well, you're, you're a big fan of that stuff, though, aren't you? Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently not like most people. No. Yeah. I mean, I love the first three. I mean, I watched them all, got them all memorized, all that sort of thing. Then by the time that second uh, crop came up, I just kind of, I went and saw the first one. I was like all excited. Hey, Phantom Menace, new Star Wars. This is great. Continuation. And then it was just horrible. And I'm like, eh, I just powered down on all these new ones. Did you see the Colonial uh, rented out an entire theater for all the PGA Tour players so they could go see... Star Wars. That's gay. Good perk. Good perk. Yeah. They'll get a better field next year because of that. <laughs> no doubt. Well, I heard Davey's a kind of a Star Wars savant. Didn't Is he? he? Yeah, allegedly. That's what Corby was saying the I other don't day. know. I always got the feeling that Davey and Corby and I are all kind of the same about Star Wars. I mean, that we, we like it, but we're not the uh, super geeks about it. I don't know. Maybe when Davey shows up for your show... You if could ask him. Shows up for his show. You could ask him. Are you guys in the studio today? Uh, yes, we are. Oh, well, I am. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> All right. Hey, so is uh, Craig Miller any different now he's married? What's that? Craig Miller any different now he's married? See any different no. changes in him? No. No, he won't change until he has kids. That'll, All that'll exaggerated. Everyone is full of marriage advice. What yeah. they don't realize is that none of they've never been in your marriage. Right. Good point. Very good point. It's very astute. Very psychological of you. And I heard your father was uh, what was the the shining moment at the wedding. I don't know about shining moment. Oh, you mean when he took off his top and rode on yeah. Craig, Craig's sister's shoulders? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he livened up the party just a little bit. <laughs> he does. My dad does a good uh, a good ceremony. And he says meaningful things. I like that. Yeah, it's always kind of fun if you can have a, a like somebody proceeding, you know, over the marriage ceremony that you know. Presiding? Yeah, that too. 
proceeding before you preside and <laughs> can speak well uh -huh. uh, because I always find it very defeating when you oh, can tell the minister or whatever doesn't have, have any clue who you're there well, talking we're to. we're here to celebrate the marriage Fill in the blank. insert here. Yeah, I always want a robot the name. I always want a robotic voice in there. The worst, George though. and Amy, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> just fill in the blanks. The worst has to be the minister that doesn't know the deceased. Ooh. That uh, is really tense. Yeah. I, I've been to those before where he mispronounced half the family's name but talked about what good friends they are of his. And, oh, it's just way tense. I'm thinking that at a funeral... This this would get you in good stead with uh, whatever religion of choice you have, and you go to that uh, minister, priest, whatever, and you have them videotape the dead body, the, your your alleged dead body. But then you can say something at your funeral. See, this is what I've planned. I've already picked out my casket and the suit that I'm going to wear, and I videotaped me laying in it. And then talking? And then rising up out of it and talking. <laughs> oh, you are dark. Just, so, just a bit? Yeah, so they're going to say, hey, uh, Gordon's coffin is in the other room during this funeral, uh, but we do have a camera trained on it here. Let's take a look at what's going on in there. At what's going on? Yeah. Like there's a big event. Right, and then as they show me in my coffin, I'm going to raise up and say a few words to them, thank everyone for coming to my funeral. Why not? Because and then, you and then, might... And then release all the secrets that I have about everyone that's in the room. <laughs> right. Just hey. torch everybody. <laughs> hey, Reiner. <laughs> well, let's, let's not get into the secrets now, but... You know, there's something to that, <laughs> because you'll regret, obviously, when, when that unforeseen day happens and you die, you might never have had that chance to say something that you really wish you could have. Do you guys update your will often? Uh, once every couple of years, I'll, if I think of something... What about final have you done statements? Your, didn't you say you, hadn't, you don't have a will, do you? Me? I have a will. Yes, you, I do. I thought you didn't, though. Like, uh, as of fairly recently, you didn't. Were you complaining? No, you, no. I don't have life insurance. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. You don't need that. You don't need that until you have a, you know, something added to the family structure. Right. Like a cat? <laughs> well, you don't need a will or life insurance unless you have kids. You know what gets me? You need a will if, if you're married because you don't want anything going to her. Right. <laughs> right. That's a good point. I mean, come on. You know, I don't think that you can cut your wife out of a will. Not in Texas. Nope. You can't? Nope. nope. No, so it's time to move. Well, it is. I wish I'd have read the fine print beforehand. I'm going to do the same thing you do. Oh, wow. Corby's here. Wow. I've, I've been here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just noticed, though. I'm going to raise up when they're filming me out of my coffin, just like you. I'm going to copy you. But then I'm going to be like, I'm going to rig up and shoot up heroin in both arms and just leave the needles in there and then just kind of slowly creep back into my coffin huh. and just be like, oh, yeah. Oh, eyes roll think, back in my head. I think this is heaven. Yeah, this is it. And then I'm going to have two porn stars just come and, like, pat my head. Not do anything sexual with you? Just pat right, your head? Right, just pat my head naked. Well, oddly God, enough, God, that's what I had planned. I think you should practice this. Try, for, try it out a couple times and see how it works out for you. Hey, I'm gonna have all. I'm gonna have all porn stars be my pallbearers. <laughs> Are they? Gordon has weird oh, friends. We never met these people before. <laughs> your mom's crying, <laughs> not because you're dead. See, that's I will. I will have porn running on two TVs at the front of the uh, at the front of the funeral. See, I have a will, but I don't have any as the preacher's talking up there. Just a funeral. Oh. <laughs> 
And then I'm gonna. But if, if I die before you, and if you make it to my funeral, uh -huh. you're the only one who's gonna be shot with the blood cannon. As you're walking down for the viewing, maybe there's gonna be just one little cannon shaped in the shape of like a flower that, arrangement. That'll shoot your old blood all over me. With the yeah, you know, overture going in the all, background and sync. All over you. And I like, do want your blood. Can I have your blood? After you, you got die? me, Corby. You got me. Yeah, you can have it. I don't want anything. I'm gonna pass out AIDS vials at my funeral. Oh boy! So where you where do you want to be? <laughs> what? Now L why would you do that? Little ones, not big ones. Yeah, Craig. I mean something that's tasteful. <laughs> yeah. So do you guys know where you want to be buried? <laughs> yes, I do. And as a matter of fact, I'm. Is it worried. in Texas or in your it's, home state? No, it's in Texas, and it's a little bitty cemetery that I think has sold all their plots. So you gotta exhume somebody. So I have like something <laughs> in my will that says. It has the maximum price I'm willing to pay for one of those plots, and it's a lot. Are you serious? Yeah. Why do you care where you're buried? Well, well you have I, to figure out something. I don't really. You? I said, you know, if I can't be buried there, then just, you know, throw Stuff me in the Trinity. Me. Anywhere is fine. Are you going to be cremated? Cut off my head and my fingerprints and throw me in the Trinity. <laughs> you're not going to do the urn thing? Well. On the ticket? No, I, I'm, I'm not opposed to the I'd like to be cremation. Cre I'd like to be cremated. Me but too. I always have the feeling that so, even though you're dead... That somehow you can feel that burning, and you're just like, no, oh, no, oh, oh. not a good idea. That yeah. sounded good at the time. Yeah. Why can't Why can't you just be put? I would like to be put in the ground, without anything, no embalming, nothing. Put me in the ground. Let me return to dust. That way, I can be part of a flower that some cow will come along and eat. <laughs> and that some somebody else, some human, will eat that cow. Then I'll be part of that human being. Your life will continue. And then I can take over their soul. And I can live again. I'll be reanimated. All that. <laughs> the Wait a second. To ponder. I like that. I don't want to take that guy. Can I, I want to change my will now. Wait a second. What is this, Jason? He's, he doesn't sound like it's a bit, and I've tried to say, you know, can we talk you out of it? And he said, there's no talking him out of it. Well, then why does he want to talk to us? Yeah, I said, man, can Gordon try to talk you out of it? What? We'll do it in the break. I don't want to do that on the air. Where's Davey? Well, what, should we at least just see if... It, we may listen to the guy and say, okay, it's clearly a bit. Hi, you're on the ticket. It's not a bit. Okay. What is your... What's going on with you? Just uh, life in general. Uh, I've got I've got a couple of kids that uh, would be better off. Uh, I've got a large family that would be better off, and uh, I just seem to slow everybody down. All right, I tell you what, hang on. Okay. Wait a second. Wait a second. So you're claiming that you're going to do what? I'm going to commit suicide. I'm oh. going to shoot myself. Dude. What's that? I'm going to shoot myself. You're real late. The, what? That, that, I mean, del that delay's about a minute behind, by the way. Are you saying? Are you Are you for real? Yeah. All right. There's no other way out. Uh, uh, that's, that's not true. Having had well, the... Hold on. Hold on. Okay. You, sorry. You don't know the situation, and, no. I, and I don't expect you to. I, I appreciate you trying to talk me out of this. Why are you calling because I'm a huge P1, and Gordon Keith is, this is right down his alley. No, no, this is not down my alley, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Ask George Dunham. You're as the a guy who's, on the ticket. As a guy who's battled depression, I can separate the line between, you know, having fun joking around, and when it gets down to 
hey, I got one life on this earth. Is there anything more I can do? Okay, but let me ask you this. How can you battle depression and be the way you are? You have split personalities because I try every day to be happy. I would give anything in the world to have what you guys up there at the ticket have. I mean, you got a job that you can just go to and, and yuck it up. That's what you guys are, yuck monkeys. And I mean, that most people would kill to do that. And I'm sure you make good money at it. Uh, and don't don't count on that part of it. But yeah. Okay, well, regardless, you you make a comfortable living, and and that's another problem I've got. I can't manage money. I can't uh, seem to make anybody happy. I've been married three times. Now, I've, my people, kids are all of one one marriage, but a lot of people have been I mean, married more than that. I know, but depression is something that has been with me all of my life. And yep. I'm in my upper thirties, and I have battled it, and battled it, and battled it, and I'm. It finally, it's winning. I, I can't. Uh, I can't fight it anymore. Hey, man, I'm telling you, you can win this. Uh, you can win the battle against depression. And the thing about I depression, try. though, the thing about depression, though, is it makes you think that nothing is worthwhile. That even battling it doesn't seem worthwhile. But don't I mean, you it's, get tired of fighting the same old thing every oh, single day? Oh, absolutely! It's a tiresome whore. Absolutely. So what do you do? Well, I think that I should talk to you off the air about it. I agree. All right. Well, ha- can all right. Hang well, on? hang on, hang on. We're about to go to break and. While everyone's dancing around enjoying commercials, uh, we'll come back with more exciting rant next. We're doing what we do, giving you what you need. Supplies. Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. It's 1019 on Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. This is the rant at full strength today. We will be uh, on the air until noon. This is the first time in about a year that we've all been together. And it's a big day for the ticket because as soon as we're done, then we go live out to the Wildflower Festival in Richardson. Oh, we do? Yeah. Are you serious? I think so. That, uh, Jason, isn't that right? Aren't there live broadcasts all day? Sure. No, there's not. I, I don't know. What the hell are you talking about? Well, at least we're out there. Maybe I could have sworn. Look at the schedule. You mean like Ticket Sports Saturday is no, out there? I don't know. Look look on the ticket.com. I could have sworn when I was looking to see if we were in studio that maybe it's just an appearance. But I could have sworn that we had shows out there. Well, Lord knows we ran enough promotions for these things. Let's see. Where would I go to on the ticket.com? Roadshows. Who are they? Dallas Mavericks playoff postgame show, Diamond Talk, Saturday, the T Box, Saturday. Join the ticket at the Wildflower Festival from 11 a.m. to midnight. Okay, it's just we got a booth out there. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Screw me. What do you think we were doing? Carrying the music? Let's just hit the dump button a hundred times. times. Test it out. <clears throat> Well, this is going to be a good day and a bad day because I'm going to Colonial and I'm excited because I love it over there. But good God, it is hot. Yeah, yesterday was the hottest day of the year. By about 13 degrees. Yeah, it was officially hot as balls yesterday. And, tom- and today and tomorrow, I think tomorrow's supposed to be 99, today's supposed to be 97. 
97. But then it's supposed to dip down back in the 80s. I can't, I'm so not ready for this freaking heat, man. I, I honestly don't know. You know how there's some people that literally can't take it, like that move down here and have to move out of here because it's so bad? I don't blame them. Hey, I need to per pull the emergency brake real quick. That guy hung up on me, and I was just wanting him to call back. I tried to switch rooms. He hung up? I don't know whether he hung up or we got disconnected or something. So, if Jeff is listening, call back. Because I am taking phone calls from guys named Jeff and Jeff only. So, anyway, so go ahead. Some people can't take the heat. Yeah, I've known people who have moved down here, spent one summer here, and have moved. Mm-hmm. Because it's so miserable. And it's starting to get that way now. Ugh. Starting to heat up. When I moved down here, it was the middle of the heat wave in 1980. Did you hate it? Yeah. I mean, seriously, it was like we moved into a blast furnace. Because it was, it was right in the middle of the string of 100-degree days. By the way, did your power go out yesterday? <clears throat> Mine? Yeah. Mm -mm. Ours did. See all those trucks out there? Mm-hmm. They're still out there. What's going on? I don't know. I don't understand that. We you don't understand one... how power goes off? No, I don't. We're, we're very you. much narrow casting right now to the one block area of <laughs> our listening audience that was affected by this brownout. Um, all right. I'm still thrown off by... Uh, by Jeff? Yeah. We'll get it together. By the phone call that I wasn't sure that we should have taken on the air. But we'll move on. I cannot tell you how bummed out I am about what happened last night with the Mavericks. I know. It was the most depressing local sports contest that I can remember in a really long time. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, even, even when they were up by 11 in the third, I was like, you know what? They they're, were up 16. They're going to lose this game. They were up 16. And I'm just sitting there going, please, don't choke this away. They had the chokinest playoffs. I mean, the whole time. Yeah, they bounced back and came back against Houston. But still, how many leads did they blow against Houston? A bunch. The, the fourth quarter against Phoenix, though, that, those were horrible the last couple of games. And, he, and um, even with Amari fouled out. Oh, th they played better with Amari out. You know? And that Nash three-pointer to tie the game in the end. Yeah, that, he, that just, guy, he has no hesitation whatsoever. That guy is such a basketball god now. I mean, he, he went from just mediocre point guard, which he was. When he first got here? Yeah. To all-star here. Yeah. To MVP to, there. To now just, he, and, and it's, there's no question, he is the best player in the league. Yeah, he, that little he guy took over that game. is the best player in the entire league. And how can you not love the guy, you know? I mean, you guys had him on for so long on the morning show. And he's the most unassuming superstar athlete in the Steve world. Steve Nash? Yeah. All right, I'm pulling the emergency brake again now because I feel like this is something that we should talk about. We had an incident that uh, a caller called up the rant right at the first segment. And he was real depressed and said that he wanted to kill himself. And I talked to him. We talked to him a little bit on the air. His name was Jeff. And he was serious. Yeah, no, I really it feel like it, it wasn't a prank. And I talked to him throughout the break. And... Um, 
And then I was going to switch rooms when we came back, and when I went into the other room, he, the line had either disconnected from him or he hung up or something like that, so we certainly want him to call back. But, and this may be the only way that we can talk to him, is on the air right now. And this is an incredibly awkward situation and unprecedented here at the ticket. Uh, the guy's a big P1, and he listens to the station and... I don't know how much of his story I'm supposed to share on the air. Probably very little. Probably very little. Well, he shared a lot himself, that he was upset and, and he didn't think anything could help him. And he was better. He thinks he's better off not around. His kids are better off. His other family is better off not around. I mean, it's... And, and having talked to, you know, I mean, it's... I kind of hinted around here and there and every once in a while it gets said, you know, that I've battled depression myself and... I've talked with a lot of other P1s who have when they hear that I have and they share their stories and hear what people can come out of and stay around. Um, in suicide prevention in particular, something that I feel really strongly about. No, that's a good thing to feel strongly about. Yeah. Well, you know, some people... <laughs> I'm for America. And I guess I should have worded it this way, that when I choose charities... Right. That's one of the ones that I feel strongly enough about that I say... This is one of the ones that I support. Yeah. Because um, you can only support so many of them, so you have to pick the ones that, that have either touched you or meant the most to you. Um, so, And so there's this guy out there, and we're hoping that he calls back in. His brother committed suicide six years ago, mm. and that always increases someone's likelihood. Right. But, oh, depression is such a beast because it... It makes it where you can't listen to reason anymore. You don't listen. You cannot think straight. Even, you know, taking one more step just seems worthless. It's so weird, that idea of worthlessness that overcomes you, that no matter what you do, it's like you could know that you could just pull this lever and not be depressed anymore, but you would say, what's the point of even pulling the lever? I mean... I don't want to raise my hand up and do that. See, I always thought that Alzheimer's was like the biggest... I could never understand that. Like, you know, I would, I would, I would struggle with uh, basic religious beliefs because to me Alzheimer's is the cruelest joke in the world. But I think depression, I don't think, that, that ain't far behind. Because I don't, I don't understand it personally. I mean, I... You're, I'm, I'm you're not, happy-go-lucky? Yeah, I'm about as happy-go-lucky as you can get. And, and so, you know, to not be in those, someone's shoes who has it, I'm just like, how? Just, you know... Yeah, what's, just go get a deal? pizza. That's what. <laughs> and, and people who who have never been in depression, that's their well-meaning advice. They really don't understand. Just you, hang you know, out with me. Yeah. Wait, we'll just, have fun. Go see a movie. It's, yeah. You know, it does seem simplistic like that. But it it just it really poisons every thought that you have. So even every even thought. happy thoughts or even the thoughts that you try and conjure up to pull yourself out, they end up getting twisted back into the depression. All right, now what is this info we have here, Jason? He called uh, on a staticky cell phone and said that it, his phone was cutting out. He said he's going to call back in one hour. Well, that's good. Yeah, he wouldn't let, wouldn't we let tried, it. We uh, tried to get his phone number from him, but he wouldn't give it to us. So. All right, Rob, you're on Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. Hey, Gordon, what's up, dude? Hey, Rob. <clears throat> yeah, man, I was depressed for over 30 years, almost as long as you guys have been alive. Uh, now I'm just happy as I can be, thanks to a little white pill named Prozac. 
And that's when you see me out at rent remotes bringing donuts and stuff. Right. Yeah, Rob, I know you've kind of shared your stories of depression and some of the stuff you've gone through. It was awful, man. It was awful. But uh, a couple of years ago, I, uh, I snapped out of it with uh, the help of some good medication and a good wife and everything. I went back to school, and now I'm 4-0 City. I'm in uh, two different honor depart- uh, honor societies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, thanks for taking And, uh, of course, you have a lot to do with that also. Well, thank you, Rob. But also, I appreciate that. don't you, um, you said earlier that you have to find the right medication. And, yeah, you know, I mean, Prozac is not for everyone. It's a, it's a trial, you know, to go through because you immediately want to, okay, so you make this huge step of going in there and saying, okay, I'll try this medication route. And then you try the first one and it's like it doesn't do anything or there's a, a slight depression right after you start taking it because a further depression because you're like well gosh this didn't do anything so now this whole element of hope is left but it takes a while for those drugs to reach what's called their steady state you know it can so two, it two to four weeks till it starts yeah till it starts uh so there's no being it's, big highs and big lows and it's just you're constant yeah that's kind of what it is yeah and so it takes a while for this drug to even reach its steady state and then that may not be the right drug for you you may have to switch again well not everybody needs to be medicated either you know, I mean, if you're not clinically depressed, if you just have mild depression, then, right. you know, you can go go through counseling. You can have, you know, talk therapy and not have to deal with the medication. The, ideally, you should do both, I think. Um, a lot of people are against medicating mental states whatsoever. For some reason, the brain is the one organ that they think you should never put drugs to. I don't believe that at all. I don't either. I mean, I, I, the mean, brain I really is, don't believe that. <laughs> the brain is an organ the same way the pancreas is and the liver is. And if your pancreas doesn't produce insulin, it's good to give it something that, you know, that will counteract that, right. that fact. And some people's brains do not reuptake their naturally produced serotonin. And they do need things that, that help that process. To me, I would much rather live a life taking these um, drugs that treat depression than to just die. You know, that's just a bad trade-off to me. But uh, a lot of people are, you know, they'll, they'll be against drugs until they die, which may be a lot earlier than they should because they're against those drugs. So, um, yeah, quite an odd episode on the rant this morning, and I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to respond to it. I don't know whether to be on the air about it or not be on the air about it. And it's so easy to just be like, don't do it, dude. Just don't do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, man. Hey, you we'll, know, we'll you just it. said the right thing. Yeah, we'll, we'll see you at the Hardline Remote next week. Have a, have a good week in between then and now. Yeah. Unbelievable. And, I, you know, I, I've had people, this is so strange but it happened to be about the ticket and it could have been about any station but people say you know that the ticket got them through an incredibly rough time yeah that that basically they wanted to die but their curiosity about something that was going to happen on the station <laughs> kept them going they got and you know held what? over from a good tease i when gotta I'll, hear that overcuster next when week i'll wait when i've been really depressed i swear at one time I didn't want to die just because I wanted to see if anything new came out about the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> it's just curiosity, man. Just curiosity. Anyway, it's, um, it's 1033 on Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket.
1310, the ticket says, when it's over, it's over. And it's over. Suns win and move on. The Mavs make other plans. It's now time to talk Cowboys, buddy. Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. It's 1040 on Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. This is the rant. Thank you, Corby Davidson. That's Corby Davidson, who's always with us here on the rant. Good to be back with you guys again. Glad yeah, to have you back. you've been gone for a month. I know, I have. Did you go Traveling the world and elsewhere. Hey, it's good that you've uh, turned Hindu, but the, the dot is a little bit I lower than odd? normal. That odd, I actually misplaced it right on the, the top. What is that? That's not the bridge. Your bridge is here, right? It's that... Between some the eyebrows. Some people's bridge starts up there, though. That's weird looking when it does that. <laughs> uh, let's go to the phones. Um, let's talk to Chad. You're on Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. Hey, guys. How you doing? Fine. Glad to see you back, Gordon. Hey, thanks. Um, I just wanted to put maybe a medical view into this um, and also maybe cut off some of those rednecks that call up and say, hey, just drink a beer. Okay. You know? um, talking about depression. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I've, you know, I've battled it for seven, several years. I'm 31 years old, and a lot of people with depression tend to turn to drugs, alcohol, stuff like that. And the reason is, uh, from what I understand, that my stepfather's an MD, and he maybe I am depressed. Then <laughs> that could be it. It uh, alcohol and drugs uh, release, uh, from what I understand, dopamine. Um, I'm sure you guys all heard this. It's in your brain. It what makes it's what makes you feel good, and your body releases it naturally or, or should and people with depression tend not to get that released on a steady basis hence antidepressants uh release a steady flow of it so that's why a lot of people when they come down or sober up uh they feel pretty bad other than having a headache and puking in the toilet um their mindset is that of sometimes suicide or just deep depression um and of course i'm finding out through for, through doing this it's the wrong answer i was taking the wrong pills for so long, painkillers, which made me feel great until I went to jail and got sober and saw the right help. So uh, all these guys that call up, and you're going to get a couple, I'm sure, that say, hey, man, just buck through it, do it, go to work, make money, and be happy. It's, it's, it's a clinical problem, and there's medical help for it out there. It's, it's a real problem. Thanks, Chad, for the phone call. Kathy, you're on Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. Hey, Gordon. Hey, Kathy. This is killing me. Why do you say I, that? I, I, well, it's just so hard to hear someone going through all that. I know it. And, you know, right now I'm in the middle of a divorce, and I'm suffering depression, and he needs to know that what he's doing is not right. I know, but the thing is, Kathy, he's just got to, you know, he's got to talk to someone who knows what to say and knows how to guide someone through this. Oh, I agree and, completely. And he's saying that he's going to call back in an hour. But, uh, you know, and, and hopefully does. I do want to release this number, Kathy, which is this suicide prevention line uh, is 972-233-2233. 972-233-2233. And you're right. He needs to know that he shouldn't do this. And but I have dealt with and I have been in treatment. And I've talked to people who have had people kill themselves and have been very close. People who have literally sit there with their mouth and thank God somebody walked in on And they have no idea how many people really care for them 
and that there are people out there who who would do whatever they could. I mean, I would. I, you can't give up. What's the percentage of people that are clinically depressed? Isn't it like staggeringly high? Oh, absolutely. Like one in one in ten or seven or something. Crazy I'm not like sure. That? I'm not sure of the stats. <clears throat> it's it's huge. But it's. I mean, <laughs> he's not alone, and he needs to know that. Thank you for your call, Kathy. Yeah, there is this concept of grace, serendipity, and you know what? The bottom line is the guy was going to do it, and some of the stuff that he talked about with me off the air, um, there, I don't know what it's cool to believe. I know what I choose to believe, and after many years, I came to the conclusion that I want to believe in grace, and I want to believe in that things uh, might happen for a reason, and that you meet certain people, and you talk to certain people at certain times of your life, and that makes a big difference in your life. Intellectually, I think it's probably just chance, but emotionally, I find it much better and meaningful to live with the idea that things do happen for a reason, and I'm glad the guy called today. Because maybe this was the difference maker in his life. Maybe a joke Corby says. He listens to the rant. And we've had it happen before on this show. On this stupid, insignificant, waste of time show that shouldn't be on the radio. I know for a fact that this show kept one girl from having an abortion one time. Yeah. And if this show can be used to create a positive difference in the world in just that one case, then hey, I'm glad we didn't get kicked off the air before then and maybe this will be another incident where something bad which is the rant can be used for something good uh philip you're on sports radio 1310 the ticket yes sir um i just wanted to let you guys know that uh, i've been struggling with anxiety and depression and um pretty much the uh what keeps me going during the day is uh you guys yeah. <laughs> And, you know, Bob and Dan, Norm, Hardline, I mean, it's just uh, I'm probably the biggest P1 you've got, you know, and I I just uh, wanted you guys to know that uh, I consider you my... I'm sorry, you cut out there? You there? Yeah. Um, you consider my what? My family doesn't understand, you know, and uh, basically I consider uh, you guys my best friends, you know, mm -hmm. uh, even though I haven't met you, you know. It's just, uh, I can always turn the radio on, and uh, you guys are always there, even though uh, no one else is. Yeah, I think sometimes we take that for granted, too. Thanks, Philip. You know, like the stupid little stuff that we do, and just jerking around and goofing on each other and laughing at whatever. Because normally, I mean, don't you feel like that we're just doing it for each other? Like, I'm just trying to make you guys laugh, or I'm trying to, trying to make Mike and Greg laugh, or whatever. I don't even think about people that are... Because you've got to get trained that you're just in this little bubble by yourself. I tend to think of the ticket as we're, we're, brought, we're in the room with each other, so we're trying to make each other laugh, and there's about a hundred of our, our friends that are kind of listening. That's about how big I think of the listening audience. Yeah. It's about a about hundred people, you know, and you know probably about 60 of those people. <laughs> right. Because I think if you realize how many people are listening, you'd get paralyzed. Um... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sports sports all day but 
And I used to have a real complex about this job, thinking, you know, what am I doing? This is this job is just fluff, and it's just, you know, oh. But then I started realizing I think there's such a value to just entertaining people. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, we're not curing cancer or doing anything like that. But if if you're making someone happy and making someone laugh, everyone loves to laugh. And if you have some sort of skill or facility at that, then who who's to say that you're not doing what you were put on this earth to do? Yeah, the the world needed, you know, they needed overcussers, which I understand we... <laughs> no, not anymore. The world doesn't need them as much anymore. But, no, they used to. Uh, but, you know, with enough people like Philip that I've talked to over the years, I stopped feeling bad about the job that I have. And now I have no sense of... So, in turn, the depressed listener has helped take you out of your depression. That's right. It's Hence, the, going back to the, the concept cycle of, of grace. Uh, Ronnie, you're on Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. Morning, boys. Ronnie. Hey, uh, just, uh, wanted to kind of, I guess, get your opinion or something on the, uh, the medication aspect of, uh, yes, sir. I think a lot of time contemplating whether or not to, to seek medical treatment, it's a feeling of, um, they almost feel like they're giving up because they can't fix it themselves. They right. can't, um, you know, correct their problem on their own. And it's almost, a a feeling of even more hopelessness and helplessness when you have to turn to whether it's you know prescription drugs or in the the wrong case uh, drugs or alcohol mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people kind of they get so used to being depressed they feel like that's who they are that if they do help they're gonna have that uh, identity crisis yeah you know, like who, who am I now right and can the people who've known me for so long can they accept who I might, might become? They're afraid of who they might become, even though they know that they're trying to head towards becoming a better person, uh, you know, a happy person. Boy, you're you exactly know, right. I, I found myself in a situation like that not long ago where, you know, I, I just felt like I was, you know, spinning my wheels, couldn't couldn't make any progress emotionally or, or in my place in life, you know, and, and think about seeking treatment and you think about man i'm gonna do i really want to be chained to a pill for the rest of my life so I mean, it, you know you're gonna the drug is be the thing that's gonna carry you through to the grave and that, that you know that's kind of a scary thought but you, you know it's smoking yeah and then but at some point you have to you know put your pride aside and you have to get that professional opinion and in my case they said you know what you don't need medication, but you do need to talk to somebody. And, you know, and that's made all the difference for me. But everybody's case is different. And you, you have to at least make that first step to figure out which path you need to take. Once again, that, uh, the suicide prevention line, 972-233-2233. It's 1051 on the ticket. KTCK Dallas-Fort Worth, KTDK Sanger. Find out who's hanging out at Hogan's Alley this week at the Bank of America Colonial. Live updates during the Ticket Tickers today and tomorrow. Brought to you by DNM Leasing and Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket.
It's 11 o'clock on Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. You're listening to AM Radio. Hot and who talk knows, today. Who knows how long AM Radio will be around? I think eventually everything, I've said this before, I think everything's going to go with streaming internet, and you're going to have little internet receivers that look like iPods, and so but there's be like But there's always, the be, there's always going to be poor people that are just going to have their old transistor radios. You're talking about cars, too? Poor what? People. People. People aren't poor. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't even understand that concept. Not everyone has DSL in their house. <laughs> So, anyway, AM Radio Zone, Corby Davidson, Gordon Keith, and Dave Lane. A somewhat serious show today that got kicked off by a caller talking about depression. You'd be surprised how many people have battled depression. Two out of three people on this show have. Two out of three people on this show. Corby, the only one of us that looks at us and goes, Do you guys want a beer? Depressed? Over what? Let's party! (laughs) You know what? It is, though. It's so foreign to me. Like, to wake up and just kind of be bummed out or whatever. I don't know. It just, I, to me, I can't fathom it. Since, you know, so, if it ever happened, uh-huh. like, could that happen? Like, is, well, is, is it's it, a chemical imbalance, isn't it? I mean, Well, but it might, it might be triggered by an event. If something traumatic happened to you in your life, then right. it can be situational, Okay, obviously. but but it's not always, so it's, uh, it's not a chemical... 100% chemical thing? No, it is 100% chemical, but the thing is is that experiences can alter your brain chemistry. You can go through something horrible and right. you know your natural biology takes over. Well, that kind of starts burning pathways into your brain that may not have been there may not have been there before. I mean, me in particular, I think I was just born with bad brain chemistry, just yeah, flat out. I mean, <laughs> and so you were lobotomized in the womb. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the, while they were doing the episiotomy on my mom, they just did a lobotomy on me. <laughs> so, um, so what? Let's say that let's say that someone who um, grows up, you know, they're twenty-five years old, not a sign of it ever. Uh huh. One day it could just bang hit. Yeah, just kind of a malaise kind of starts in, and it goes into full-bore depression before yeah. you know it. I mean, I think in that case, it's probably mostly situational. Maybe it's not some one traumatic event, but maybe it's just the the weight of a lot of things slowly adding up. But I think, you know, probably the the majority of it is is genetic, though. I mean, like the, the gentleman that we were talking... It's definitely common if it happens once in a family, if suicide happens once in a family, right. or depression happens once in a family, that it's likely to happen again. For a combination of things, like you're talking about, it probably means that their heredity uh, leads to it, and now they have the situation on top of it that can react. It's the same thing as someone may have the gene for to be more susceptible to alcoholism. Well, if they never drink, that never comes into play. Yeah. But if they drink, then that triggers something that was kind of already there and latent in them. It's a disease, man. It's a disease. I get into the alcohol disease thing. That's a sorry. I just poked you in the ribs, then. A big bog down. And <laughs> I always anger a bunch of alcoholics when I claim that I don't know that it's so much of a disease. Sorry, I didn't want to hijack the show there. No, that's okay. Um, let's go to Billy. You're on Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. Hey You're, guys. Hey. Um, I'm I'm kind of like Corby. For me, it's real hard to fathom the thought of, you know, being in the dumps day in and day out or just to get completely bogged down by, 
you know, the day-to-day routine. But, you know, what, Gordon, how, how do you act around someone who does battle depression? Or, you know, how do you approach them? I guess, you know, period, how do you, how do you act around them? What do you mean? You got someone close to you that is, yeah, obviously? Yeah, like uh, my wife, you know. Um, I think she, she battles with it. She has anxiety. And, she, you know, she's from, I don't know, it seems like every two, three months she just goes through these ruts. And for me, it, it, I have a hard time with it because I'm like, you know, pick it up. Let's, I mean. Well, I think that's the worst thing you can do because that's like that has an air of condescension like you know this isn't a real problem you know you just need to think positive thoughts and that's not that easy yeah and after seeing it you know i've been married with for uh, with her for two years um going on three and after seeing it periodically i i i, I do think you know I've, I've gotten to think that it's a bit more serious than than i initially thought or it's something that I can't fathom, and I have suggested that she go see a doctor and whatnot. But well, that's that's absolutely what she needs to do. She has not seen a doctor about this. Well, she has, um, she has in the past. She has, um, I mean, she's recently uh, she's pregnant now, so there's there's not much that she can take now. Um, but that's one of the things that scares the hell out of me is my kid's going to be born in August, our second child, and you know, coming up is postpartum. You know, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I am wigged out about it, and and I I just don't know what the best way. Well, she, I think well, she what needs you need to be to talking do, to somebody. Yeah, you need to encourage her to talk to her uh, OBGYN about it and say, hey, look, and you you should call the OBGYN yourself and talk to her, uh, her or him about it, and say, look, you know, my wife goes through this. It does appear to be cyclical. She goes into these ruts every few months or so. And, um, you know, I'm just really concerned about this and concerned. I, I want to make sure that we're very vigilant on this postpartum front. And, and uh, Billy, I, I think that there are a couple of them that you can take while you're pregnant. And I don't know which ones they are, but if, I, if memory serves me, there are some that, that, that doctors do prescribe during pregnancy. She, uh, she, did, get, she did get something um, for her to try out on a trial basis, but... You know, she's scared that it might uh, affect the baby, you know. Even though it, he says it's okay, I mean, she's just very cautious about it. But Well, again, you know, tell, think, her, tell her to trust her doctor, and if she has some suspicions, and call another doctor and, and ask, do you think it's okay that I take this? But when it comes to medical things, you know, if a doctor's working on your liver, then don't wake up and say, hey, let me, give me the instruments for a little while. I want to try to tinker with this. I think I may know better than you on this. <clears throat> what do you do when she's in those ruts or when they're in that, that period? I mean, how would I, how should I act around her? I, I, I think oh, you, I mean, I think you've got to try and maintain, you know, a sense of normalcy. You can't, you can't pander to the depression, but you also have to be compassionate. You have to try and, and understand as best you can. Yeah, and just tell her, hey, sweetheart, hopefully, you know, hopefully someday this is going to beat you enough to where you'll you'll go talk to a doctor about it. I know it sounds worthless, but hey, you want to even do it for me if you if you need some sort of false motivation for it. Thanks, so, guys. All right, hey, thanks for the call, Billy. We have Chris on the line who says his wife went through the same thing. Hi, Chris. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. I punched up the wrong one. On the. Chris, hi, you're on the air. Yeah, this is Chris Sorry. from Farmer Grant. I was just calling to say the <clears throat> previous caller 
that, you know, I went through the exact same thing. And our OBGYN, and uh, along with counselor, worked with my wife and I, and she was able to get on an antidepressant in the final month of pregnancy to equalize the things out in the chemistry of her brain. And along with that, you know, my doctor prescribed an anti-anxiety pill for me that allowed me to kind of calm down and, and help work with things, as you know, especially in those first two months when that, you know, postpartum depression really has an opportunity to set in, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, like you said, you got to trust your doctor. Right. You know, they're going to know what's best for you. Thanks for the call, Chris. Uh, Tom, you're on Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. Oops. Tom, hi, you're on the air. Uh, yeah. Um, y'all been talking about uh, this depression and, and so forth, about take, when, taking medication. Y'all made it sound like all you do is take a pill and you'll be okay. That's not necessarily the case for me because I've gone through, I don't know how many different combinations of medication, and currently I'm taking six at the, right now. And I also have to get electroshock therapy once a month. Mm-hmm. Because I am somewhat immune to the medication of it not working fully. And my chemistry in my brain will only last for about a month. At the end of the month, I start getting depressed and I start getting suicidal. So I have to go in and get electroshock therapy. And it's a, I don't like it because it's, I consider it, you know, I'm a bad person because I have to go through this when everybody else gets off just by taking medicine. It's like, why me? Why do I have to go through something serious as this? Well, you know what you need to do, Tom? I don't know much about electroshock therapy, having had no experience with that. But uh, you need to get your grieving out of the way, the fact that you were born with this. I mean, yeah. you need to learn to get over that fact, and it sounds like you do, you know, on a temporary basis each and every time. But, I mean, you have to do some serious grieving. I mean, it's it sucks if you were born and you're a person who gets MS, or you're the person who has so-and-so, or you're the person with this affliction. And this yeah, is your affliction. There is, there is help out there for other people whose medication doesn't, doesn't work. You know, there is that electroshock therapy that is, that is out there. It sounds real scary, but it's not. Well, thanks for the call, sports fan. You bet. Okay. Well, that does sound scary. Electroshock therapy? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And you know, they're not exactly sure how that thing works. It just rearranges the electricity in the brain. Who thought of that? I don't know. Hey, let's just hook (laughs) them up and let's go, man. Let them go. I don't know. The the strange thing is... I got this lamp cord. It's live. It's real controversial. I mean, because it sounds so barbaric. But the supporters say, look, it's barbaric as it sounds and seems that uh, the strange thing is is it works sometimes and so let's not just do away with it just because we don't know how it works brad you're on sports radio 1310 the ticket hey guys how you doing brad hey listen i'm 27 years old and uh, i've attempted suicide three times no uh first of all why are you not good at it (laughs) that's a good question (laughs) were these were these the cry for help kind of suicide attempts or were you really Pretty, they were carrying them out? I had left a lot of notes, a lot of signs for people to, uh, to find you. Of course, at the time, I wasn't real conscious of that. And it wasn't until I, I sought professional help and was prescribed nortriptyline, which is a sub for Pamelor, uh, that I was able to really cope. Uh-huh. But about after about six months of being on nortriptyline, I started suffering from auditory hallucinations. And I was working for Barnes & Noble at the time. 
And at about three o'clock in the afternoon, I told everyone to, to get the hell out of there because there was a fire, you know, the fire alarm was going off. <laughs> oh, so, oh, dear. No. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I quickly quit taking ortriptyline and, and sought further help. But <clears throat> what I found in my experience is that the best medicine is laughter. And I think that's what a lot of people need to, to really consider because these natural remedies really do work. And I find myself laughing all the time. I listen to you guys, and, and you guys are great. But isn't that hard? Isn't that a little simplistic to say? Isn't that hard for a lot of people to to get out of their funk and just be like, all right, it's time to laugh. Let's go. You know, turn Let's on put in Dumb and Dumber. Well, I don't well, think you it's... know, Corby, a lot of people aren't happy. I know that. I, I know that. That's what I'm saying. But is I it that, that easy to just start laughing? I don't think he, I don't think Brad's saying it's a comprehensive solution, but it is an important thing to have in your life because it's hard to be laughing and not experience joy at the same time. Right. Yeah, we could all learn a lot right. from Corby because Corby, I think, is a master laughter because he laughs like this. I, I mean, wasn't depressed right then. No, you right weren't. Then, every time depressed. I hear those crazy Corby laughs, I always have to laugh. Yeah, he's, he's great at that. Hey, I saw Corby at 7-Eleven the other day buying a pack of condoms and a bag of Cheetos. Okay, thanks for your phone call. Hey, you got to uh, have them sometime. Let's go to Randy here on Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. Hi, Randy. Hey, guys. Uh, I want to make a comment and kind of follow up on that, guys, uh, the last caller. But uh, I lost my dad back in 2000, and I would severely depressed you know i didn't ever want to leave my apartment or anything like that and i think just listen to you guys you know natural remedies that helped me a lot i went to counseling got on medication but just being able to call in and talk about your problems and listen to you guys did wonders for me and uh a lot of people make fun of you guys but they just don't know i mean what some listener can gain from just one little phone call or listening to you guys on the air at a certain point in time in their life when they're when they're doing bad. Hey Randy, thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. Oh, yay! Come get happy. It's time for everyone to feel good about themselves. <laughs> when he hears this mighty sound, here I come to save the day. That means that mighty mouse is on the way. Yes, sir. When there is a wrong to right. Mighty Mouse will join the fight On the seat or on the land He gets the situation well in hand So though we are in danger, we never despair Cause we know that where there's danger, he is there He is there on the land, on the seat, in the air We're not worrying at all just listening for his call. Here I come to save the day. That means that Mighty Mouse is on the
Sportsman's and Mickey Spagnola finish out the regular season tomorrow afternoon at the AAC. The Desperados take on the Philadelphia Soul at 145. It's Arena League Football on Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. Hey, three R's, good Keith. Gordon Keith, Corby Davidson, and Dave Lane with you on this beautiful Saturday morning, 11.23 a.m. We're sportsing around with you today, and we grew up with Star Wars. I probably have the three Star Wars movies memorized. I know the first I, three. I know I have mm-hmm. the first two. I didn't see Return of the Jedi very much. Yeah, I haven't watched Jedi as much like as the it. other two. I remember not liking it as a kid because it was too kiddy. Because the Ewoks? Yeah, it was like, I don't know, Lucas just kitted out. And that's what I think he did in the first one this time around. Phantom Menace? Yeah. Yeah. And this last... I thought Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones were just boring. Attack of the Clones was awful. I liked Attack of the Clones. It was awful. Awful. I liked it. But this one is dark and evil. Did Princess Amandala talk in this one? No. She talks in a normal yeah, voice she's this normal. time. She's I guess that that I guess that was her her queen voice. Uh huh. Because you know when she was not in the yeah, queen makeup. Yeah, when she's not in the queen makeup, she didn't talk like that. But she's... I guess that's how you have to talk when you're royalty. Senator Palpatine. Senator Palpatine, we want to address the Senate. And the Dallas Mixmaster, we have a show now. <laughs> <laughs> so I have not seen it. Corby, you've seen it. Y'all. Davis? Yes, I saw it opening night, Wednesday night. Good? Yeah. Hey, did you get out of there? Our, our film didn't start until like 2.30. I mean, 12.30. Yeah, after the previews. I mean, there were about a dozen previews. I didn't get out of the theater till 3. Yeah, we didn't get out until 3. And we had a mishap during ours. Miscarriage? I don't, I don't oh, know. Geez. A movie miscarriage? I don't know about that. Hmm. Yeah, the film busted in like the most tense scene of the movie in Dave's... Or yeah, the Are you serious? right after the climactic lightsaber battle, the film kind of flutters and then sticks to the lens and melts. And melts. I thought they were doing all digital prints now. Where you... No, not every theater is equipped yeah. with that stuff. So, yeah, they, they brought up the house lights and we had to sit there for 15 minutes waiting for them to fix the film. And then they put it back on. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, I thought that they would have had, like, a backup print, and they just would have, you know, taken that reel of the backup print and put it Fast on forward. and just uh-huh. started over. But, no, I think they used the, the reel that broke. And so when they spooled it, they skipped, like, three minutes of film. So when it started up, you just see Darth's helmet being... Don't fail me again. You see Darth's helmet fall into place. So we missed the whole transformation scene. I'll tell you what I did enjoy almost more than anything was when he became Vader, fully masked and The Frankenstein thing? That that was pretty dumb. But but I loved hearing James Earl Jones' voice again. Yeah. You know? That creepy, what you just heard there. That's just... What would they have done if he would have died? If James Earl Jones... They would have just found a sound-alike. Yeah. Or, or Is there a sound like Well, James they, Earl they could have digitally yes. tweaked somebody to sound like him. I mean, that voice is processed enough as it is. And do you think James Earl Jones back in the 70s, when he was hired on to do that, was like, what the hell am I doing? He had no idea it would be as huge as it got. And I wonder what kind of money is. he made. I thought it was... Because he just came in the studio. I mean, it's not like he was in that suit. Right. And when he, he didn't have he all that many lines. I think he was in the suit. No. no he wasn't in the suit. <laughs> 
Who was in the suit? It was some some Peter uh, Mayhew. No. <laughs> It was. It Don't was. Go default on. Oh, everything was Peter Mayhew. It was some big he tall dude. Chewy and R two. But um, was a midget in R two initially? Was Kenny? Yeah. What's his name? Still R two this time? Was uh, he? I know the dude that was originally C three PO was still. Anthony, whatever his name is. Anthony Kiedis. Yeah, Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> <laughs> With his hair kind of sticking out of the back. Yeah. Anthony Kiedis, Michael Hall. Uh, but it was. I was so happy walking out of that theater. I enjoyed hearing uh, Darth, you know, in the James Earl Jones voice saying, where's Padme? Yeah. Just, you know, uh, such a non-Darth thing to say. Right. What is that, like Thai food? No, that's... uh, That's Princess Amidala. Oh. What does that mean? I don't even know what Padme is. Is that her name? I don't don't even know. know. I guess I'm not that big of a Star Wars nerd because I don't know that. Listen to this. uh, We had, um, we got there like an hour early because I thought the lines would just be, you know wrapped around the building which they were at a time but we moved in pretty quickly and so we got into our seat about 45 minutes before midnight and i think it was a comic book store that was putting on like um some sort of star wars trivia and star wars giveaway and so this big fat girl was dressed up like princess amidala <laughs> and then they had these guys they had these guys dressed up like um uh, Obi Wan and someone else, and they were doing Star Wars trivia. And then once that was done, the guys that were dressed up like uh, Anakin and and um, Obi Wan got up there and had a big lightsaber fight. And not only that, but they were making the sound effects as their lightsabers <laughs> collided. And when they left, I swear to God, it was like when I I've been to a karaoke place once, and I was in Florida. And it was the most white trash, garbagey place in the world. And the guys who did karaoke, they were the stars of that place. And they knew it. And like people were like treating them like royalty. So the comic book guy, fake Anakin yes. and fake Obi-Wan were stars they to the nerds? They were so cocky walking out of that theater, high-fiving people like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you, you, you know, we, we did it, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Signing autographs. So is that correct in that we're all the same on Star Wars? We all like it, but we're not those. I'm probably I'm probably nerdy about nerdier about it than the two you, of you. Did you Why do you have, think that? Now, give me the litmus test. Well, hang on, what, hang what on. Makes... Did you own Star Wars gear? Did either one of you like uh, the action figures? Yes. Yeah. See, I didn't own any of that. I didn't own the Millennium Falcon. I, had I the, didn't have I had that. The, I had the Millennium Falcon. I had the Death Star. I had the little Dagobah playset. You know, the Yoda little thing. See, I didn't have any of that. I wasn't into the, that kind of. Ner- I just loved the films. See, I had a friend who had the Millennium Falcon, and uh, I thought, I mean, he he was the star of the block because he had that. I guess my parents, either we weren't very rich or they just wouldn't get it for us because all I had was an X-Wing fighter. Yeah, I had the X-Wing fighter. I I had an X-Wing fighter, and then I had all the action figures, but as far as the... Vehicles go. That's the only uh, there, there was there were like six years, six solid years in a row where you could count on, you know, my main Christmas present being some piece of Star Wars paraphernalia, some action set. So my question is, what happens to George Lucas? Why did he? He adopted a dozen kids and went soft. The greatest kids in the world. I mean, those kids are the luckiest kids in America. Can you imagine if you would have been adopted by George Lucas, how happy you'd be oh right now? Yeah, God. but I don't want a dad who has a ten ear for dialogue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who has to get Tom Stopper to write all his lines for him? <clears throat> You'll enjoy this one. There's some cheesy lines. What? I, 
Why didn't someone say to him, George, listen, let, let me there, there, work on the this dialogue, dialogue here. The dialogue is definitely better in this one than in the previous two. Way better. It's still cheesy, but... Still. Why didn't he get someone else to direct him or co-direct it with him? I don't well, know. Well, there's rumors about that, too, like you the know, big Spielberg, lightsaber fight that Spielberg had a hand in, at least, you know, he, it, it, It's not it a out. rumor, it's fact. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, he directed parts of that movie. I don't know if it's evident, but, you know, Lucas... Luke, he only directed Star Wars and then the these last three, right? Right. Yeah, Empire and Jedi were directed by other people. But he has been... He, his life... And I, gotta, I give him credit for this. He knows that this is his legacy. And it's become his life. Are you sure about that? <laughs> he may be known for something else. I think American Graffiti probably... <laughs> Maybe a little bit No, you know how people kind of, t- like, oh, I don't want to do that. You know, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Yeah, that's, that's old stuff. But he knows that. That's, that's him. Star Wars is George Lucas, and he's just running with it. You know? Well, I bet you with this last one, he's probably built up such a track record that with Revenge of the Sith, he probably had a huge portion of this oh, yeah. profit. <laughs> I, I, I he's, had, he's had that all along. Oh, he has? Yeah. You know, he... Um, I read this only costs $115 million to make. Are you serious? That will be made in two days. I know. That's the other thing I've heard about him is that his movies are relatively cheap. Mm-hmm. Well, he owns everything. Yeah. It's, you don't have to farm it out to other companies. That's yeah, there's, all the, there's no markup. He, it's all done right there in his own facilities. That Skywalker Ranch, I would love to visit that place. I bet that is some unbelievable stuff. I knew a guy, yeah. in, I knew a guy in college who got an internship out there at Skywalker Ranch. I thought that guy's an intern for us. No. Or, I mean, a ticker guy. Skywalker. Who is that? Ty Walker. Walker. (laughs) (laughs) All right, it is Skywalker. (laughs) 11.33 on the ticket. Dunham and Miller at 735 for that day's Secret Ranger and find out how to hit it hard, go yard, and win. Brought to you by Grubbs Nissan, Miracle Mortgage, and Sports Radio 1310 The Ticket. It's 1140 on Sports Radio 1310 The Ticket. You are listening to The Rant, where there's always a big difference between David Lane and myself. According to Corby Davidson, mm. who's the star of this program, and Corby will take your calls at 214-787-1310. You know, you brought up a good point, Gordon. That that celery makes it sweeter? What? That George Lucas had such a golden opportunity to exploit Natalie Portman and yeah. have her be partially clothed for all the little 13-year-olds out well, there. Well, there was the scene in... Attack of the Clones, you know, when they they had the kind of the Roman Colosseum yeah. thing with the the creatures that were supposed to kill them, you know, like the right. Christians and the lions, and she got her top ripped off, and you know, so she you got to see midriff at least. But it wasn't Leia. No, it like wasn't. In Return of it the wasn't Job of the Hutt's love slave Leia. Has anyone fallen from God's <laughs> beautiful? Prince. What? Huh? Are you are you talking right now? 
Carrie Fisher is such... God's beautiful prison. <laughs> what were you going to say? I said God's beautiful place. Oh. But Carrie Fisher, she has so many issues. Have you seen her? She's always had issues. You mean like uh, mental issues? Just the way she looks now. It looks like she's taking steroids oh, or something. Yeah, she's, she's all puffed up and just looks she's horrible. She's old and, and didn't age well. But she was so cute when she was 19. She did a lot of drugs, way, she didn't she? Star Wars, yeah. She did tons of coke, I think. Yeah, I think she was all coked up during Star Wars, the making of Star Wars She was Wars 19 in Star Wars? Yeah, 19. So wait, Doing so... Doing lines off Jabba's tail. Well, it's not Jabba confirmed. didn't make it around to the third one. The third one was made in what, 81? No, the uh, Jedi was 83. 83? Right. Yeah. So she looks so good then. That's basically only 20 years ago, and she looks awful. 20 years is a long time. I look the same as I did when I was 15. Think about a woman. <laughs> think about a woman who goes from 30 to 50. That's a long time. I don't like to think about that. That's not even real. Okay. Women should be frozen in time at 30. They really they should. should. be frozen. Or shot at 35. Oh, my. And then frozen. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you're on Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. Hey, guys. What's going on? Hey, Chris. Tired of uh, doing some bashing on people that dress up. I don't think that's fair. You know, there's doctors and lawyers out there. Everybody's got their little... Uh, Did you dress up? Well, I'm not a huge fan. I, Did you I dress did, up? I did. I thought it was Star Wars Revenge of the Nerds, so I dressed up as Booger. There was, a, there was some really bad shtick at uh, the showing that I went to. It was, you know, I guess like 15 minutes before the movie was going to start, and uh, or at least the previews were going to start. And I was out in the lobby in the concession line, and this guy, you know, probably like 20 years old, comes running into the lobby of the theater and he's dressed in chain mail chain mail yeah like armor oh and he's running around like real random herky-jerky and screaming at the top of his lungs like i can't believe it opens tonight i'm so excited i love lord of the rings yeah. and there was just like kind of a collective groan throughout sounds the, like something you would lobby. have done when you were in eighth grade but yeah. this guy was like 20 he thought it was like a really clever, like he was starring in his own episode of Jackass hey, or something. Hey, there were guys behind me that were probably in their mid-twenties, so nerdy. They had the uh, Vader, like Halloween mask. It had the little rubber band that went around the back, you know, that just kind of popped it on your face or whatever. And then they had the, uh, the lightsabers that when you hit a button, it popped out. And they were kind of screwing around with each other, hitting each other in the face, you know. And then this one Wait, kid, what kind pops out? I don't know. Because I remember just, when I was a kid, I always you, felt you, so ripped off because I'd see something in a print ad. Oh, a lightsaber. And you can get it. It's just a long tube with a flashlight on the end of it. Yeah. I think they have some that you, like, you, you know, swing forward in it, like... It's like a collapsible... Maybe that's yeah, what it is. It, maybe that's what it telescope. is. Telescope. Yeah, telescope's out. So these kids were, were screwing around, and, and this one guy goes, Hey, you remember when we were at Lord of the Rings midnight showing... And it didn't start, like, it started like an hour and a half late, and I didn't get home until almost like 4.30, and I freaked my mom out so bad, she was like, what are you doing home so late? I was like, i seen Lord of the Rings, Mom! I swear they were, you know, between 25 and 30. Still living at home? Oh, yeah. Just, there's a creepy side to those people. 
Like they don't have enough money to move out of ha- the house and get a place in Highland Park. And have DSL. Right. I remember when Streaming I moved out and got my own place in Highland Park. Right. <laughs> <laughs> got my first home in the UP. Yeah. Then had to move to HP, the second because home. Because, like, for the first five years I lived there, I rented out my parents' back house. <laughs> <laughs> And then I finally moved into one of the cabanas on my grandmother's property in Highland Park. Hey, if I would have had that opportunity, I would have lived in someone's back house, like my grandparents or parents. That would have been great, like in my 20s. No, that in a heartbeat. It's basically your own place. You know, it's probably bigger than my house now. Back houses over there are bigger than the place that I own. There's no question. Been a hell of a lot. Enjoy AM radio while we have it. Jake, <laughs> you're on Sports Radio 1310 The Ticket. Good afternoon, sports. Hey, Tom. Hey, um, the best thing that's on TV right now about Star Wars is a show called When Star Wars Ruled the World on VH1. Sounds like a song. And it shows all the old that actors. That was the day when Star Wars ruled the world. You guys should be like musicians or something. You're so cool. But, um... The, the most tore-up person I've seen in my life is the guy that plays Chewbacca. Yeah, yeah. Peter Mayhew. Yeah. He lives here. He oh, lives in Granbury, you, doesn't he? you got to get him on the ranch. We, we, he's got been on bad on. radio. Yeah. Unbelievable. He's on bad radio every week. He looks like the corpse of Rob Zombie or something. I just, well, he's uh, real once tall. Once again, he lives here. He's got a gland plo- he uh, has problem. gigantism oh, or whatever like it is. A- acromeglia or whatever that thing is. Yeah. Well, now I feel bad <laughs> Risk-reward caller. Yeah, sorry. Uh, how does Harrison Ford look these days to you? I think he looks tore up. Well, he's no, he ancient. He's 65 He or looks something. good for his age. I, I think disagree. he looks good. Now, he has that little stud is he, earring. Is he in. still with Anne Heche? Callista Flockhart? Oh, yeah. What about Mark Hamill? How does he look now? Bad. Has really? he been in another 10 car wrecks? Why he was in he, one motorcycle accident. Why didn't his career do anything? It's not like he, he, did, was, he was bad. Yeah, he was. He was bad. No, he wasn't. He did B-movies after that, like horror films and slasher movies. Yes, but movies. He, his question is, why did he do that? When Harrison Ford... Because Harrison Ford was a better actor. Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, he was. Harrison Ford's not that good an actor. He was good in Star Wars. That was, he was a great role. He was good in Star Wars, and he was good in Indiana Jones when he had to just underplay everything. But then, and you know, my wife says it, and I kind of agree with her. Every character he looks halfway retarded in. He plays <laughs> that, that kind he of plays, snarl. He plays regarding Henry every character he gets. <laughs> They're all just kind of... <laughs> I liked regarding Henry. Oh, well, whatever. No, he's made great movies. Yeah, he's he's mm-hmm. been in great movies, but so is Keanu Reeves. You know what? The guy gets a bad rap. Oh, my gosh. Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Reeves. What if Keanu Reeves had been cast as Anakin instead of Hayden Christensen? It would have made the same amount of money. <laughs> it just didn't matter. But Keanu Reeves would have gotten credit for it. Hey, did you know that his films have grossed? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's look at let's look at his films. Witness, good movie. That's a good movie. Yeah, he's been in great movies. Presumed Innocent, good movie. Very good movie. Regarding Henry, Patriot Games, The Fugitive, 
Yeah. Clear and present danger. Uh-huh. Uh, Air Force One. Yeah. And then... Not a lot. But Indiana Jones 4 will be made in 2000... Will be released in 2006. Who's going to be Indiana Jones? Him. No, really? Yeah. It's, I thought it was going to be like a prequel, like a young Indiana Jones. No. It's directed by Spielberg. It is written by George Lucas. Wow. Hey, I think that um, I love Indiana Jones. Oh, by the way, it says uh, M. Night Shyamalan was asked to write the screenplay. For Indiana Jones? Yeah. So, Why Lucas, they let him? so Lucas is going to write the treatment and then Shyamalan is going to write the script? Because they or, were asked. It, oh. doesn't, it doesn't say that he accepted. You know that famous scene where he, the guy comes out with the Knife scimitar and, and, and he shoots around him. Yeah. Yeah, and he shoots him? Everyone knows the story behind that. No, I don't. That Harrison, it, was a, it was an ad lib, wasn't it? Yeah. They, were spo- they had this huge choreographed scene that was supposed to be a huge whip fight between, you know, Indiana Jones... And the guy with the sword. And they had choreographed it and everything, and they were getting ready to shoot it. And Harrison Ford, they were filming on location, like in Tunisia or somewhere. And Harrison Ford got a touch of Montezuma's Revenge. You know what that is? It's bad Dirty stuff. Dirty water. And so he was uh, really sick that day. And they couldn't put off filming, and so he had to go out there and film it. And it was really hot and everything, and he ad-libbed that, and the, of course they all die laughing, the cast and crew. So, and they say, well, let's let's keep that in there, and we'll shoot it again. Let's let's do it. Let's keep that. What's For the real. What's the end of the story? For real. And I think that's I think that's funny. Well, that that was like I a, think that still is funny today. It is when you well, see that, it. That was like a key moment, like as far as the the character development of Indiana Jones. You know, he was just so he's so beaten down and put upon after just. Because it's such a masochist role. He gets just beat up all over the place. I think the way he just looks so tired when that guy comes out there and... <laughs> I still the guy think... guy has mascara on and everything. Looks <laughs> so dramatic. I think Raiders of the Lost Ark is still one of my favorite movies of all time. Same here. It's just genius. It reminds me of the old uh, serials that I used to watch as a kid at the theater. You never watched serials at the theater when you were a kid. <laughs> oh. You know, the only thing that was better than Raiders of the Lost Ark was Romancing the Stone. weekend is a must. Friday, June 17th for the North Texas Nissan Summer Bash at Sneaky Pete's on Lake Louisville. Brought to you by Nextel and Sports Radio 1310 The Ticket. I could be on FM, Dave. <laughs> well, that's what it takes to get on FM. <laughs> yeah. That's all it takes, wow. buddy. I wish I had known the secret so long ago. 
Should we take calls? Should we talk about the We Mavericks? only have a couple minutes left. So I went to bed last night at halftime. Or at least turn off the television. Well, you're a big fan. Well, no, I mean, it's pretty much common knowledge. I'm not a huge sports fan, but I was interested in watching the game. It's a, an elimination game. What, what is he doing? Who are you talking to? Huey. Oh, your dealer calls and all of a sudden you have to not do the show? Huey's a, a dear old chum who you met several times. Here on Tim Tom Meat Curtains. He's right. your dealer. He's not my dealer. <laughs> well, then who's your dealer? Ed. Gosh, if I was at all involved with the police department, I would just hand your address to the drug committee. <laughs> <laughs> the drug how, committee. How mom is that? I'm going to call the drug committee on you. What's this? What song is this? Oh, is this the end of the show? I'm so confused as to what's going on here. All right, so when are you and the drug committee going to... Hopefully later on we're going to hook up. <laughs> All right. Me and the drug committee. Anybody else have anything else to promote? Isn't this the colonial week, right? I'm going. You are today? Yeah. If you see me out there, say hi. Who are you going to go root for? I don't know. There's no black guys in the field. You always rooted against Tiger. Yeah, but I like VJ. VJ's not black. Which I don't understand. I root for Tiger. I love it that Tiger makes all you white guys uncomfortable because he's so dominant. Doesn't make me uncomfortable. Isn't VJ like triple Hindu? You think that Tiger's not a good guy? You know, I do. I, I Tiger's a much better guy than VJ Singh. It, much better. What are you getting into here? I'm saying, why wouldn't you root for a good guy? How do you know he's not a good guy? VJ? Yeah. I've seen him be a jerk to Craig Miller. I've heard nothing but jerky stories about him. Coming up next, we debate VJ Singh versus Tiger Woods. Off the air. Yeah. What's up next? Sports Saturday? All right. Coming up, your fill of sports from AM. Oh!